welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm at the beginning of my journey outside of academia through starting my own scientific editorial service. I'm Ian, and I'm in the process of leaving academia, aiming for a career in science communication or editing. And I'm Dr. PMS. I've left academia about one year ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm here with Ian and Amanda, and today we're going to talk about um, if you're not in science anymore, are you still a scientist? The idea for this podcast actually came from a conversation I had on Twitter last week with Lenny Tylerman about a poll that he ran asking this question. And he shared the poll results in a blog post that we're going to add into the show notes. But basically, there was a technical tie of the two main answers that were 39% said yes, but 36% said that it actually depends on your job. So what do you think, guys? So I think absolutely you're a scientist, even if you leave the bench, mm-hmm. because being a scientist is more than just running experiments at the bench. Like if you're a theoretical physis- physicist or something, and you're just, you're not just, but you're running code or doing stuff on the computer, you're still a scientist. And I think being a scientist is more, is more of a way of thought, way of thinking than a, um, than what you do right i would yeah i I agree with that i mean the answer is yes so are we done recording now Uh, (laughs) no i but yes it is and uh, but but, i mean i would say the answer is yes because right i mean because as scientists we know that you know the scientific you know the science is a process more than it's you know a defined job like technically, I can be a scientist even if you know I had no formal training. You know, like a lot of science was done before we had a formal version of it that we have now. And so, yes, absolutely, you can call yourself a scientist, especially if you've been trained in science and then go on to do something else. Like you know, it's a major part of your life and always will be, most likely. Yes, I totally agree with both of you and my answer will be yes as well we are scientists even if we're not working in science anymore but one thing that for me I still struggle with that is even though I am a science sometimes scientist I don't feel like I am a scientist anymore Mm -hmm. so the if we were speaking Spanish, it was it was going to be easier because the to be verb <laughs> has two meanings. Seria estar. That they have like totally different. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So in English, is like, I am a scientist is, okay, I am a scientist, but I am not a scientist now. 
Let's mm-hmm. put it like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, a lot of times, uh, I don't know. I don't. This thing keeps being in the back of your head, you know, that um, people. It's something that just happens. I, I always say like, oh, as a former scientist, as a former, well, sometimes I say postdoc, but um, I feel like I am not doing science anymore. Mm-hmm. So, right. Well, okay. I mean, I also wonder too, to some extent how much, because even if you are a scientist, like there's a lot of practicing scientists who are PhD students and postdocs and even professors who have this feeling that they're not real scientists because imposter syndrome is a thing. And, you know, there's always this uneasy feeling of how do we define ourselves and what is, what are we today? And what is, you know, we have to nail down the definition because we have to find out things. And unfortunately, science operates in this sort of uncertain zone. Like it's like in some ways there's this, you know, inherent paradox in science that it's, provided us so much and been unreasonably successful in providing, you know, civilization and technology and all the things that we kind of take for granted today um, in some ways. And yet it's still never done and it's still uncertain, especially when you're talking about, you know, the frontiers and the fringes, which is where most scientists work. And so, like, I wonder if some of that just carries through to if you leave science for an alternate career, like you're still like, you know, it was never a settled question for you as to whether you, you know, were really a scientist or not. And um, because like, there's this there, I mean, I guess, you know, like, I suppose one way of defining this is like, if you get to the professor level, you are a scientist. But like, if you leave at the postdoc stage, like maybe you sort of have that question remaining, you no matter what you go on to do, like, even if you are an industry scientist working at the bench again, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like, I was thinking when you were talking about, like, you know, the imposter syndrome question mm-hmm. about whether or not you ever actually were a scientist, it makes me think a lot about some of the conversations that's been going on in Twitter about being science being inclusive mm-hmm. and intersectional, if I'm using that word correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of that comes from certain, and I'm not, like, I can't name any names, but a general feeling of certain people who want to gatekeep science right so like you have to prove yourself as a scientist and so i feel like that is part of that culture or that kind of downside to the culture like you have to prove yourself to be as being a scientist if you leave early then maybe you weren't maybe you weren't cut out to be a scientist and people who yeah and we like you were saying like that uncertainty and i think a lot of people feel that way like young postdocs maybe women maybe underrepresented minorities that sort of thing sure and i mean look even white dudes like me can yes. feel that way yeah i'm just thinking like pervasive <laughs> throughout all of it and that's so I, I mean I, I i realize that i realize the felt sense of it is very different but um <laughs> and the experience is very different and socially it means something different but mm-hmm. i was just thinking like you were talking about like you're like you're a white dude and you mm-hmm. feel that way like it's kind of a pervasive feeling throughout science. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like I said, I mean, and it can have more of a knock-on effect. And I think I think this question... No matter what, uh, the stereotype the, of a scientist is still that old, white mm-hmm. dude 
uh, pipetting on a lab coat. Yes. And we cannot go against that. That that's a true. That's mm-hmm. that's what people when people think about it when children draw the drawings they will draw something like that. Yeah. And 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 that that is what we need. Well, until they actually meet some scientists, but yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. The ASBMB was giving out shirts last year. If you got a um, if you signed up for a membership, and I got one that said, "This is what a scientist looks like." Uh-huh. And I have had so many like small well because you know I, I dropped my kid off in kindergarten so I am exposed to a lot of small kids but I've had a lot of small kids come up to me and say you're a scientist and I'm like <laughs> yes yeah. mm-hmm. they're like but you See. don't have white hair I was like well right. thank you for not noticing the grays at the top of my head but yeah yeah so right I mean so like I think there is this you know sort of like human need to have like the singular certain picture of what something is and you know, I mean, in many ways, the entire scientific process is a huge pushback against that idea. That's um, so true. So, it, you know, like, hey, you might think it's this way, but actually, no, 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 take a left turn and it's this way and it's a lot different than we thought it was and the rabbit hole goes deeper. <laughs> um, and again, like, and just socially in science, we haven't caught up to that notion. Like, I think maybe we're starting to a little bit. Like, I mean... I don't know, like, again, like, I, I don't want to say, like, oh, we made all this progress, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, there are more, I, I, I am guessing that 2017 is the year that there are more women working in science than there ever have been ever in the history of humanity. Like, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that is true, like. I mean, I hope I hope so. I hope there's more women this year than there was last year, and you know, selfishly, I hope that it continues to climb. Right. Yeah, but in a in a way, this is not enough as well because the stereotype of the old dude, white dude, still there, and and there's, come on, how mm-hmm. what's the percentage of the scientists out there that really fit in that stereotype? Right, and there aren't very many. Like, I mean, yes, like, mm-hmm. like even and I, like, and even the white people don't fit that stereotype, really. I, I mean, yeah, I people are younger. There are a lot of like now. I guess that the major force, science force, is made of young people. Like, I don't know, forties, thirties, forties, yeah, and yeah, junior PIs. There are tons of them out there. So. Uh, that's something that maybe I don't know how that could be done. I think that that, that was a this is how a scientist looks like a hashtag on Twitter, mm-hmm. and yeah. I remember that a lot of people posted pictures and it was really nice. Yeah, I mean that sort of thing actually works though. I mean that's the thing. Like, I mean it, it's maybe slow, but it definitely works. Yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. Um, I remember that Psycurious posted a Pew article a couple of weeks ago about um, the social media usage. And it oh, seems yeah. that only 21% of the population uses Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, like compared thing, to 79% Twitter, that right? uses Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, there's no reason you can't do similar things on Facebook. Like, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, I, I mean, the AAAS is always encouraging people to 
tell people that you're a scientist. And I think a lot of scientists are hesitant to self-identify. Um, yes. A lot of time, like, you know what I mean? Just like, oh, yeah, I'm a scientist. I, I, I mean, it's all maybe it's not as bad as telling someone you're a doctor and having them talk your ear off about like, oh, my thing, my elbow hurts. And can you look yeah. at this? You know what I mean? <laughs> but my husband never has that issue. Like I do because I get a lot of like, so I did, you know, my degree was in medical sciences, like biochemistry, molecular biology. Mm-hmm. Over like Thanksgiving and Christmas, I would get my ear talked off over climate change. And I'm like yeah. frantically looking at people's, you know, tweets and stuff. Like I was looking at um, Science Girl and like, and Josh Drew and like being like, and, um, and Meg's like, I was looking at their like Twitter feeds and like their blog posts, if they had them to be like, okay, these are my facts. So, <laughs> but whereas my right. husband, people would be like, oh, well, you know. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's another thing that like, I mean, maybe we should discuss too with this aspect because like not all scientists are all of science like in fact an individual scientist is a very small part and like i mean look do i tend to trust my scientific colleagues when they say things like yeah climate change is happening like yes i do because we i know the process that that went through to have that result like that does not that is not variant Right. Like, you know, like you do you use the tools that you have and like the way of thinking you have and, you know, you try to falsify what you have found. Right. Like that's one of the big tenets. Right. And so. Well, by falsify, you mean like prove that it's not true, not like. Right. Exactly. You seek out. Right. You seek out evidence to tear down your favorite hypothesis. So, you know, so like I think. Like be heck. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so, like, you find, yeah, so you try to do the experiment, the next experiment that will put your idea to the test and see if your previous hypothesis is confirmed or rejected, right? Um, Or supported or rejected. I guess that's the better way to put it. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's similar, like, you know, when you leave the bench, like, as you go to another career, like, I think there is some, like, okay, well, I'm no longer practicing an actual scientist, so I'm not a scientist. There we go. Like, I mean, but like challenging that belief, I think maybe a little challenging for people because like, it's like, well, yeah, I made this huge transition and like, it feels like I've left it all behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were saying that Triple uh, AS encourages people to tell the population that you're a scientist and even people that are still on the bench, they don't do it or they're skeptical about doing it because of reasons. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So even if they have doubts and don't do that, if you leave the bench, it's even harder for you to feel like you still are a scientist after you leave. Right. I mean, even if you're doing something that's adjacent to science, like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to get into like being more of a science writer and or indoor editor or communicator of some kind. And, uh, but like, I think, you know, once I make that transition, I don't know how I'll feel about, you know, whether I'm still a scientist or not. Like, I think I will still call myself a scientist because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I still feel like I'm a scientist. Right. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing, right. And like, 
because like again like it's more the way of thinking about the world and like approaching a lot of things like even if you're not doing the experiment yourself like you're still going to gather the evidence that you can about something that you is really important and try not to make the snap decisions about things well like with um i'm trying to do like some marketing and stuff so like i do Mm -hmm. like a b testing and like i go through and i like figure out how to change you know one variable at a time and that's i'm very systematic about how i approach it and that's Mm-hmm. from my science training oh yeah no doubt the science the science training gives us a lot of knowledge that we use in a daily base and there's not not single doubt of that but it's funny that you both of you said that you still feel scientist and uh, i guess that i for me it was I don't know, we talked before about that, that whenever I made the transition, I don't know if I'm the only one who is in a sales position that is not, I don't know if I would call myself science adjacent, although I do work with uh, academic accounts and I deal with professors and postdocs and grants all the time. Uh, but I'm, I am... Because I don't have a chemistry degree as well, although I talk a lot about the projects that they do, I don't have a lot of know-how to make deep um, suggestions or comments. I understand what they want to do and I understand, I kind of know which equipment they need to to get and and that's my contribution for that so i believe that maybe that's why uh for me i i whenever i went out and i went into this world i was really like i had a twitter crisis because i cast that i didn't feel that i was a scientist anymore and i was like what am i doing in between all those scientists because mm-hmm. all my twitter all my followers were scientists and i was just following scientists and everybody was talking about science and i didn't feel like i belonged there anymore so yeah i yeah no i get that because uh, i mean i'm sort of going through the similar thing with like i don't know what my next job is going to be and like i'm probably gonna have to leave a lot of the plant science community behind in some ways even though, like, I may still be writing about it on my blog if that gets to keep going after whatever my next job is. And it, it is a weird transition to make, right? Like, there's a lot of things that happen. I guess the other thing I would say about this, too, is, like, you know, I, I don't know why we're so averse to being, like, hyphenate people. Like, you know, yeah, you, you're a scientist and now, like, scientist editor, right? Like, there's nothing, like, wrong with saying that, because it's true, you're just sort of, you know, I guess what German does this, where you just like sort of add the thing to the word to make it a different. Yeah, meaning. yeah, the compound words. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. That's so why like, the words know, are so just, huge. Yeah. So you just like keep tacking things on. Like, I mean, most I think all of us were scientists first for the most part, right, in our careers, and just you know, there's no reason you can't just keep tacking things on because like people mm-hmm. do shift over time and the things that they do with their lives, and that's okay. Right. You can be that hyphenate and that's okay. And it's like, you know, even if you're not like an active scientist, I mean, you know, like if you're, let me put it this way. Like if you retired, like if you're a retirement age and you're a, you were a scientist and you retired from being a scientist, 
well, you would still say that you're a scientist. <laughs> and yes. you'd say like, yeah, I'm a scientist. I'm retired from University of blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how you would say that to somebody, I think. Well, yeah. And along those same lines, like, you see people who mo- move up and they become, like, department chairs or, right, like, or associate deans. deans or even deans of colleges. And yep. they say, I'm a scientist. And they probably, like, some of the associate deans don't even have, well, maybe different different universities but some of them don't even have a lab mm-hmm. like or they have a lab that's nominally theirs that's run by like a junior well not a junior but i guess like a research faculty member or something that doesn't have tenure or like a staff scientist and for all intents and purposes right yep yeah i think that we have to introduce that in our minds just like being president Yes. Mm-hmm. After you're president, you're there's no ex-president. It's always president. There's no former president. So there's no former scientist. You want yes. a science scientist, always a scientist, right? Right. I mean, if you need to disambiguate, you disambiguate. But yeah, like you're always <laughs> a scientist, right? I mean, if you're talking about like you know, if you're talking about a group of presidents, you have to identify which one's the current and which one's the former. Like, you know, and just but yeah, for the most part, like yes, we're still scientists. It's just, you know, we're retired from science in some ways. And I think it's always better to err on the side of being inclusive as opposed to exclusive. Like, right. Because that's how you get kids interested in science is that, you know, like when I do experiments with my son, like he is talking about like how he is a scientist because he's doing, you know, whatever little experiment or, you know, making a pretend volcano using baking soda and vinegar like for him that's an experiment and so he is a scientist Mm -hmm. and so i think being more inclusive of that right no i think that's right i think it is better to be more inclusive than not and you know I, i mean yes do you have to like have some sort of standards like you know like but then that's why we have modifiers and adjectives to say like oh i'm a bench scientist or i'm you know, a postdoc in the lab, like, you know, use your mm-hmm. words to flesh out, you know, what you are. Because, like, you know, I mean, because, like, even if I'm, but even as I'm leaving the bench, like, and I have no real reason to do this other than just fun hobby, like, I still want to learn how to use R and do better things with data, right? Mm-hmm. And be a better data scientist. So, and that's probably going to become sort of like a hobby for me. Um, at least, you know, in the near term, right? <laughs> just because, like, I sort of... A nerdy hobby. Yeah, that's what oh, I was just thinking. It's oh, definitely nerdy Saturday is. night. Oh, I'm doing some statistics on R. Right. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, like, I have nothing to, like, really analyze other than just, you know, like, I mean, but, like, who knows? Like, maybe I'll just come up with fun things to, like, go find in the world and be like, oh, I wonder... Oh, yeah, you're there's... saying that on the podcast. People are going to start sending you data if you uh, want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they might. Like, I'm still pretty early days in this. Like, I can do some stuff, but, like, you know, like, I think this is, like, to me, this is interesting stuff to learn, right? I just, I don't know. You and um, Nate Silver. It piques my interest right now. What's that? I said you and Nate Silver. Yeah, exactly. Boy, you know what? <laughs> yeah, like, if I ever get to go work for 538, that would be truly incredible. So, <laughs> like, I mean, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> So, so basically, what you're saying is Nate Silver, I mean, if you're listening, again, like with the caveat Ian. that I don't think I want to cover the politics beat, but uh, 
you know, like they have a very good science writing staff. So oh, they do. Yeah. Ha- have you checked if they are if they're hiring? So you know, Nate Silver, if he's listening, should hire you. Hey, Nate. Um. Yeah, but coming back to science. Yes. Sorry. To being a scientist and feeling like you're a scientist, I. I believe that we kind of got where why this happens and I think that we all agree that is because people usually don't tell that they are scientists like if I'm someone asks you know meet you in a party what do you do you always say like oh I'm a professor at university I'm a postdoc mm-hmm. I I don't know. Do people right. say, like, I'm a scientist? Sometimes they say I'm a researcher. But usually right. they, they say more their occupation. Right. And not, yeah. I am a scientist. Because scientist is a very, very, very broad term, right? Yes. Like, I mean, it's so inclusive of so many people. You know, like, potentially. Yeah, so people should start with that. Like, I'm a scientist. Mm-hmm. Coma, right. and then working as a postdoc in the university. I started, whatever. yeah, I started doing that towards the end of my postdoc because I would say I'm a postdoc at um, such and such university to just people, you know, like if met at a party and they'd be like, uh, what's a postdoc? So I started just <laughs> saying, I'm a scientist at you know such and such a university where I work as a postdoc, and then people latched right. onto the science portion, scientist portion, and not the strange unfamiliar term right it's all about the modifiers you put with it it's like you know like the people of flint michigan have become citizen scientists in a very yes. real way like they're doing very real science now unfortunately um, yeah. yeah unfortunately but For again like reasons. it's but it's an example of you know like yeah. yeah like they're scientists right like it's not like they're not in a lab per se but, but they're, they're still out scientists. in the field doing samples like they're Right, they're processing the samples to send for analysis, basically. Yeah, I mean, I wish they didn't have to do that. Like, well, didn't, wish course. they didn't have to be scientists, but you know, or at least not in this particular way. Right, but like you know, there's other more positive examples, like you know the what is it, the Galactic Zoo, where like they just have citizen scientists go through pictures of astronom- astronomical things from telescopes and just pick out things that might be interesting. That's cool. Hmm. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I forget what, I think Galactic Zoo or, like, Zooniverse, maybe? I, I forget what it's called exactly, but, like, that is a thing. Like, that's how, uh, like, if you know about, like, yeah, there's a couple of things that have been identified from that that are just, you know, that pop up in the news every so often. Like, the the weird um, tabby star that has, behaves very strangely, like, that was identified by a citizen scientist. That being is like, so Yeah, cool. there's something weird going on there. Or, like, maybe a number of citizen scientists. And I think this is the case where astronomers sort of knew. It's like, well, yeah, we've noticed that, too. And, like, but, yeah, like, to have so many people flying it, we should really look at this now. That is so cool. I'm going to look that But up. in this case, in both cases, people are acting like scientists, but they right. didn't they're doing, really they're making went observations. Yeah. They didn't go through the science. They didn't go to graduate school, mm-hmm. got a PhD, Right. Right. Not necessarily. Yeah, no. I mean, that's the thing, right? But it's, but like, again, it comes back to the fact that, you know, like, if you're practicing the scientific process, like, you know, in any way, in some way, form. right, you're a scientist, like you're, you know, like, it's, it is literally a way of thinking about the world. 
and you know like one of the more successful ways that we found and like it's open to any human on the planet to actually engage in that kind of thinking yeah i really like that like it's open to anybody so being inclusive of everyone Right, because like you know, I mean, science can be both establishment and anti-establishment at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like there's you know, it's it's very, yeah, it's a very broad term, and like it just you know, like all science is is trying to figure out how to model nature, and then you know, figure out how we can apply those models to invent new tools that we can use, and adjusting those models when we get new information. Exactly. Yeah, Which is part in, about science that I really like. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I still keep thinking of the two Spanish versions of the to be verb. That do you want to <laughs> yeah. like? Why don't you explain that? Yeah, because, why don't you like? like yeah. I mean, I know it from I, my my right. high school Spanish, but like, I think right. I mean, I vaguely remember this, this idea. Yeah, but I don't like. Yeah, yeah. The, one of them is uh, ser. And right. this is uh, to be like you are something and that is unchangeable. So, yeah. for instance, uh, Ian es un hombre. Ian yeah. is a, a man. And and <laughs> you made a face. Today yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, right. that can be changed. I know. But it, it's, a, it's not a way that you are... Tonight, for instance. Right, right, So exactly. the it's star inherent. is a way, something that you, more like a feeling. For instance, like, Amanda está cansada. That means Amanda is tired. So it's mm-hmm. the same to be verb, but there are two different meanings. You cannot say Amanda es cansada because she is not tired. Tired is not a matter of... Off. It's kind of like my state of right now, but like if, when I wake up in the morning, I won't be tired. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> so coming back to the scientist part, I keep thinking about those two different, I am a scientist in a way that I am a scientist because I've been to graduate school and I've uh, studied, I've done it's more the way of thinking like we were saying before but i don't feel like i am a scientist in the second way that is like the way of feeling and being right now does it make any sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. no that makes a lot of sense like being like you are a scientist in that's part of your identity like ian is a man like yes you are a scientist like that's something that's not going to well Maybe you don't let us know. But, like, that's not something that's going to change, like, tomorrow. Or is going to change based on the conditions. Right. Yeah, and and then taking the Amanda is tired. uh, Then that way, I don't feel like I am a scientist. Because then I'm not doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, well, that's in my bilingual mind. That it's... I understand that. Like, I don't always feel like I am. I don't always feel like I'm currently a scientist. Like, there's certain time, but I always feel like I am a scientist, if that makes sense. So, like, (laughs) if I talk to you, if I talk to other companies and they're asking me about, um, like, when I'm doing content marketing with Bite Size Bio, like, if I talk Mm -hmm. to another company 
and they're talking about you know some product that they're selling or something that they want to like educational material they want to figure out how to convey um and I talked to them and they're like oh yeah you're like oh yes I forget you're a scientist and I'm like yeah I guess I am because I can speak the science with them yeah I have that as well but I don't always feel like I'm currently doing it but I have more like oh you have a PhD right (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got this a lot I get this a lot from like professors and coworkers. Oh yeah. Oh, you do have a PhD, mm-hmm. but they don't say you you're a scientist. So I should correct them and say that I am a scientist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, you can speak the language with them. Right. Exactly. It's. I mean, I guess it's a little like. Yeah. I don't know, I'm trying to make this analogy of, like, oh, well, getting a PhD, it's like sort of carrying around a lightsaber, and when you're a Jedi, like, yeah, you can lose your lightsaber, but you're still going to be a Jedi, I think. Like, you can get a new one at some point. Like, Ben Kenobi was always a Jedi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess that uh, the take-home message is that uh, science is, it has to be inclusive, and it's more than just a title, is... You you need to feel you're you're a scientist. Even if you leave academia, you always be a scientist because it's more than just the bench and pipetting, right? Right, right. Yes. So I can I can end with it. Like, do you know that like a couple of years ago there was I want to say an admiral, like somebody a high up military person who was testifying before Congress. And I think one of the Congress people was asking him, well, yeah, well, what if you, what if you're putting all this weight on the island and it tips over? And I, you know, if there was a scientist in that room, like that question just gets shot down so quick with a look, like, you know what I mean? You're just like, you know, I mean, like the poor guy testifying had to answer this question from this Congress person, but like, you know, what if it tips over? Yeah, <laughs> yes. and you're just like, oh boy, and like I and guarantee he was talking you, about an island, not a boat, right? Right, he was talking about an island. Oh yeah, no, I think he was talking about Guam, like you know, it's <laughs> an island oh, in the God. Pacific Ocean, right? It's you know, it's a mountain in the ocean performed by geologic processes on the planet. Like, so again, like I feel like this is where this is where scientific thinking can be extraordinarily valuable outside of the lab, like and it's. Right, because, yeah, and, like, you know, yeah. So, anyway, that's that's my little anecdote about why science can be valuable outside outside the lab and needs to be outside the lab. Like, the process of thinking about the world needs to be, like, in a scientific way, needs to be more widespread than it is. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ian, to yes. finish our podcast in a happy tone and make us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here dying, (laughs) (laughs) trying so hard not to. Oh, and I wanted to thanks everybody for listening to our Recovering Academy podcast. And we recently got more than four thousand downloads of the podcast. And we wanted to thank you everybody for downloading, for listening. We never thought that it was going to get to that point. And also, we wanted to ask if you listen to the podcast and if you like the podcast, take a time to 
review and rate us because that helps us and also helps other people to find about the show. So thank you everybody for listening and I see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you guys yeah. very much. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. You can find us on the web at recoveringacademic.net where you can contact us and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS. And I'm at IH Street. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower.